You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hemp present. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition, one interview at a time, and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly read for Radio Rebellion as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. Entering its 29th year speaking flower to power and found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20 year retrospective of Seattle Hempfest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. Today's guest on Hempresent is Benjamin Ray, who will join me in about 60 seconds. It is important for the cannabis community to actively address public safety issues responsible use as the availability and use of cannabis is increasing rapidly, the result of successful reform efforts and legal cannabis industry expansion. While prohibitionists often exaggerate the dangers of cannabis use, issues such as impaired driving, youth use and access and environmental sustainability in industry practices deserve our attention. An issue that's one of my personal pet peeves is the pervasive use of non-biodegradable single-use plastics and packaging. My guest today has been working to assist the industry in becoming a more sustainable and socially responsible player on the world stage, and he's here today to tell us more. Benjamin Ray is the Chief Marketing Officer for Tread Global International, billed as the leading industry source for sustainable child-resistant containers and packaging offering design, prototyping, manufacturing, packaging, fulfillment, and logistics for shipping and creating child-resistant containers and packaging for cannabis, cannabis beverages, CBD, and pharmaceuticals. Welcome, Ben, to Cannabis Radio. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you being here. My pleasure. 
So Tread Global has been focusing on child-resistant product design and testing for the past nine years. Can you describe what you're looking for in the testing process? Yeah, basically uh, that it'll pass a certification. You know, we want product to get on the shelves, and there are a lot of people who want to get their product on the shelves, you know, responsible companies, but it needs to be child-resistant or else it won't get on the shelves by the regulators. So that's the primary goal. So when we work with companies, either in the design phase or, or in manufacturing, we really want to work to uh, companies say, you know, this is a cool design, but is it going to pass or not? So we have some consultative services up front. We have industrial designers on staff, and we really focus on getting product on the shelves and passing through that, that testing process. So obviously child resistant means hard to get in, hard to access what's inside for a child. Are there other aspects? Does it matter if it's see-through or things like that? Yeah, it depends on the country, the state, and the municipality. So um, it, um, it's complicated. Uh, you know, the, the basic thing to say is that um, when, we're, when we're dealing with children, the test that goes through is that 50 kids uh, under five years old cannot get into a package. And we also have to design for seniors who have problems with cognition and muscle strength. So those are the two primary factors. Um, for the most part, um, you know, it's not, not good for, um, you know, what's inside to look like candy. That's basically what it comes down to. Right. And we'll get into the, the regional aspects uh, here in a minute, but it, it, might, it, obvious, it might seem obvious to, to most folks certainly to both of us, but for the benefit of listeners, in your words, why is it important for the industry to incorporate child-resistant packaging for cannabis products or sale? I mean, obviously, it's, it's a requirement, uh, but in your words, why is that requirement there? Well, it's dangerous, for one thing, you know, and it's, it's similar to, you know, well, I'd say it should be on alcohol as well, or, you know, you look at any pill bottle, uh, any, any ingestible in general, whether it's a poison, they all have child-resistant packaging child-resistant pops on them now. And so it's just really being responsible. It's, it's making the, the industry comply and responsible companies are really leading, leading the way and saying, you know, this is something that we can do. It doesn't cost more and it's the right thing to do. So uh, I see it as a positive step. Uh, I've always as a necessary positive step for legitimizing the industry as a whole. Can you talk briefly about safety in terms of dosage, ingredients, and testing. Uh, in your words, why are these concerns? Well, dosage, you know, if you, you know, I'm here from Colorado, and uh, um, most likely, you know, when a lot of the, um, I guess, you know, chocolates came out uh, or edibles, there was no 10, 10 milligram dosing requirement. And so you could get a chocolate bar, you know, with 100 milligrams and, you know, 45 minutes until it kind of, um, uh, became effective. And so a lot of people were eating some and they would say, you know, this doesn't work and they'd have more and they'd have more. So, um, you know, the, the whole thing goes slow and low and dosage really is true. And we didn't know here uh, for a while, you know, a couple of years, really the, um, the effects that it would take, you know, and, and here in Colorado, we saw, you know, not, not really, a, you know, there weren't any deaths, but certainly there were some you know, scares and people didn't know how to do deal with it. And, you know, it wasn't until we became much more regulated with 10 milligram packages that people realized, you know, oh, I understand it takes some time. So a lot of education, but it really started with the, again, with the companies really stepping up and talking about 
why it's important to, to start slow and and go low, especially if you've never had cannabis before. In terms of the uh, the ingredients, it's the same thing. You know, you have to list all the ingredients, and it's, and it's a, a much about um, education. And there have been a lot of public awareness campaigns, you know, all over the country. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, it's it's hard to advertise for cannabis, so it's it's very hard to get the word out in terms of what's real information, what's not real information. But the companies, when they're really leading with fact, fact-based education, I find that those are the companies that also uh, also do well, too. And then testing, you know, everything has to be tested uh, for potency, for heavy metals, for pesticides anyway, or it's not going to be able to get on the shelves. Yeah, certainly, you know, I've always felt that, that for some people that, obviously a lot of medical marijuana patients are going to be taking edibles um, and some people, it's not good to be loaded up on sugar and stuff. And so, uh, having healthy ingredients, I think is, is really important and being able to see what's, what's in the product, um, yeah. is, is extremely important. And of course with dosage, everybody knows the classic story that you, you take, you eat a, a pot edible and you're not getting off in 20 or 30 minutes. Wow. I'm not getting <laughs> high. And you eat some more right, right before it was about to kick in. And if you eat too much cannabis, it can be an extremely unpleasant experience um, you're not going to yeah. be dying, but some people think they are. Uh, and so, That's true. You know, it, it, yeah, you, you, you take a hundred milligrams of cannabis and you're not used to cannabis, you're probably not going to have a relaxing evening. Uh, you're going to no, have multiple, no. multiple <laughs> hours. From of, it. That, that's right. Exactly. I mean, it's happened to me, you know, um, you have written, uh, that in 2019, there was a lot of misinformation on the side of the public. What kind of misinformation were you talking about? Well, what I'm talking about is just um, hearsay, kind of. You know, I, I think that if we live, kind of, go by facts, and those facts can be documented, then uh, you know the public is going to be, you know, just more informed and not not just read something and say this is how it is. You know, so what I recommend people do is, you know, get their their news on cannabis from a lot of different sources, not you know, not social media or not just anywhere or one place. Is really talk to a lot of people, see what works, see doesn't work, see what doesn't work, read ingredients, um, you know, just do a lot of kind of the, the self-knowledge uh, and, and make your decisions for yourself, but certainly verify really the facts on, on really what is in cannabis. You know, the, some, some things were mislabeled, you know, here in Colorado, we had issues probably with a lot of states, you know, when you have a growing industry by mislabeling, you know, unintentional, but mislabeling and, you know, issues with uh, different labs, things like that. So what I say is just really become informed and don't just trust the first thing that you hear. Now, and obviously that's not just with cannabis, that's with anything else, but just, you know, know your facts um, and know what you're putting into your body. Ben, would it be safe to say that this all goes beyond the concept of normalizing and this really goes into mainstreaming cannabis as a commodity that and, and addressing the few legitimate safety concerns that 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 exist about cannabis consumption or around cannabis consumption? Is that am I off base? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's just general, uh, just general, you know, know what you're putting into your body. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we're starting to see that a little bit now with the with CBD and it's not very regulated. So again, you know, you just need to know the source and track that source so that you can be confident that what you're putting into your body is what you want to put in your body. So you don't have surprises down the road. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just basically common sense. Uh, yeah. Common sense and responsible use. That's um, right. You mentioned that it depends where you're at on the region, the city, the town, maybe even the country. Cannabis regulations can be different depending on the city, county, the state. Uh, how much of an obstacle is that for providing cannabis packaging and, and how do you all approach that issue? It's a big issue. <laughs> the, uh, you know, we have uh, over 50 states here. We've, we've got you know, multiple different uh, counties. We've got municipalities. We have cities uh, within states. And it's, uh, it's challenging from a packaging level. So we kind of have to look generically. Uh, especially if you're a multi-state operator, that can be extremely challenging to understand. But the way that I found is working with the regulators for each city. Like here in Denver, you know, the Met is very good on the policy level in terms of explaining, you know, kind of uh, what you need to do. But it needs to be that way with each individual municipality. Now, Canada, uh, it has federal regulations, and it looks like Mexico is going to, too. From my perspective, if they adopt the right kind of regulations, and right by right, I mean explain things so they're not ambiguous, so that everyone knows what they need to do in terms of packaging standards and what the labels need to be, it's easier, uh, from my perspective, even though uh, a lot of uh, people in Canada think that the packaging is very generic and boring, but it's easier as an industry to comply for the large Canadian LPs as well as consumers. You you really um, you, you don't have to guess and you don't have to assume what's in there. So um, I think that it's better to have uh, federal standards. Uh, South America is the same as we have here. You know, 42 countries, they all have their own rules too. So you have to jump through a lot of hoops if you're a multi-state operator, if you're in one state. It's relatively easy because, you know, there's, you know, one equivalent of our med here, uh, Marijuana Enforcement Division, and you just, you know, follow the packaging rules. So as long as you comply, um, you'll be okay wherever, wherever, you, uh, wherever you're operating. We have about 30 seconds. Uh, would it be safe to assume that we won't get federal standards while cannabis is federally illegal? Uh, we will, but it's going to be a while. Got it. Yeah. We will. We will. It's it's only a matter of time, you think? It's a matter of time, two to six years from what from everyone I've heard. And I've been in the industry eight years, so it's going to come. It will. Well, now is the time I have to comply with a clock and take a quick break. Get a word from our sponsors and advertisers and come right back with some questions for All Benjamin right. Ray. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The, the Green, green peak, peak with Richard Zwicky. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seed, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. 
This economy should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident hempo sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong hemperer of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Cannabis Radio with Benjamin Ray. Ben, you have cited the risk of endangering children with, quote, super branded packages that may confuse users as to the nature of the contents. Can you give an example of what might constitute a super branded product? Oh, yeah, bright colors, uh, fluorescence. Uh, cool graphics that might, you know, uh, you know, maybe like, uh, um, you know, superheroes or, you know, just wow, kind of crazy graphics. You know, it's that, that's what I say. It's super brandy, you know, something that is meant to have your brand stand out. You know, I, I was in advertising for 20 years and that's what we did is we tried to make brands stand out. Uh, and for adults, yeah, you know, you still need to differentiate yourself on the shelves, but when we, we have to be careful to not confuse children to say, like, that looks like candy, and I want to have that, and I'm going to get into that package no matter what it takes because it looks like, you know, a gummy, uh, a candy gummy. So that, that, that's where we run the risk because we have to be responsible and think like we're children and would I want to eat this, and that, that's, that's how I see the difference. Yeah, you know, in the in the medical marijuana days, the kind of wild west of the medical marijuana in the previous decade, uh, there was a lot of folks. Uh, well, first of all, there's a lot of uh, trademark infringements and stuff. People marketing mm. uh, cannabis edibles like they were a Reese's cup or a Hershey's bar, where you That's almost right. couldn't tell the difference. Um, and then, of course, you know, gummies uh, and things like that, and and you know, cherry flavor and stuff like that. Uh, along, of course, with some of the terrible uh, strain names like, you know, uh, Girl Scout cookies or train wreck or cat exactly. piss and stuff. I'm, I'm always just like, what are we, <laughs> what are they thinking? Really? You know, who wants to smoke cat piss? Uh, yeah. but, uh, but, it, but you did stand out that way. Nobody can say that didn't work on that level. That's right. um, as I mentioned in the, the intro, one of my personal pet peeves is this use of single use plastics, which are an environmental catastrophe. And yet, they're, and at least in my region, they're the norm for packaging in most regional cannabis markets. Can you talk about packaging sustainability in general and how you've approached that issue at Tread, Tread Global? Yeah, sustainability is a tricky issue. You've got, you know, um, using recycled plastic, using polypropylene that can be recycled, uh, biocomposites, uh, you know, which uh, we're starting to, to work with plant-based uh, coconut husks, wheat. Uh, jute, uh, some sort of hemp sometimes. So there, there's a lot of issues in terms of the materials, but then there's also carbon footprint. It's where the thing, where, where the products are manufactured. And it's a very complicated uh, issue. You know, and globally, there's, there are 30 million tons a year of just 
plastic waste that just gets thrown on the ground. And only 10% of, of that is recycled. And so part of its infrastructure, part of it's just people being lazy, but it's a, it's a huge problem. But what we've seen, you know, with these uh, recent mandates, uh, specifically in the United States and Canada and, and Mexico, is there are, uh, you know, their sustainability, that word, is that packages must be sustainable. Now, the definition, as I said, is complicated, but what I'm seeing is that uh, if we can get rid of secondary packaging, meaning not put things in a box, then that's going to cut down the waste by 25 to 40%. And also, that gives us an opportunity to brand the packages themselves as a cool, let's say, bottle or a cool box that you would keep on your shelves. Maybe when you're done, you, you might put change in it or your keys or something like that. So we can actually extend the brand equity onto the shelves of the consumer after the cannabis is gone, as opposed to just having a box that has all the labeling on it. You walk out of the dispensary, you throw it on the ground, not even on the trash can, throw it on the ground, and then you take it home. So now people are starting to ask questions. The the, uh, businesses are starting to say, what can I do? What is sustainability? What is eco? You know, what, what is carbon footprint? And, and as, as little as two years ago, you ask a company that and they're like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm green. Yeah, you know, oh, of course. But now it's like it's, it's not, not just good for PR, but it's good for the environment and it's good for business. It's good as a, a social responsibility to actually have a policy in your office that deals with packaging waste. So that's what we're seeing. Um, leading cannabis companies are actually stepping up and saying, we are making this a priority not just in our packaging, but in our, our businesses as well. So it's really uh, more of a long-term out, uh, a long-term view, as opposed to just saying, oh, we're going to put this cannabis in this disposable thing. So it's awareness, and it's, it's, starting, to, it's, starting, it's starting to become on the topic of, of people's conversations, much more so. And it seems to me like it's it's more in keeping with the fundamental ethos of the traditional cannabis culture for so many years as being kind of a at least hoping to be an, an enlightened and, and, and conscious uh, player. Um, materials, alternative materials have been around for a long time. How much is the just cost of containers, cost of using something other than the, the plastic? How, how does that factor in right now? Is that a, an issue? You know, it's not that much more expensive. And when you, when you figure in, you know, the cost of, of to manufacture, um, you know, how it's made, whether it's glass or whether it's tin or whether it's polypropylene or whether it's plant-based, there's a cost to doing that. You know, for example, if you have a plastic, uh, it's a lot lighter, so it doesn't cost as much to ship that as, let's say, glass, although glass is more recyclable than many plastics because you can only pl- recycle plastic four times before it, you can't do that anymore. So everything has a cost. And so I, I would say that if you're a business, you really need to do a full study on where the costs are before you know, you know, how you would want to change your packaging up. Um, because you might just say, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to do paper boxes, you know, child-resistant paper boxes, which we do make. Um, and those are, those are by far the most biodegradable. But you have to make sure that the factories are close, you know, all these things. So I would recommend uh, companies do a, a, a study, you know, to understand the full impact, you know, where the manufacturing is done, how much energy is used, will it get thrown away, will it get recycled, can you even recycle it in your, you know, local, uh, you know, in your neighborhood or, or where, you, you know, your local economy, is that even possible before you decide to, to say, 
yes, we're going to switch to this because not all plastics are bad, but you just have to know where it comes from up and downstream. What makes Tread Global's approach in your mind stand out from other companies that manufacture and market, market cannabis packaging? How, how is Tread Global different? Well, we've been doing it a while. We've been, we've been in business nine years. We've been focused on child-resistive for the past five years. We've really focused on the cannabis market for the past two to three years. So um, we're, uh, I'd say we're ahead of the curve. There are a lot of big packaging companies now that are getting into the space, which is great. Um, but we are a little bit ahead of the curve. So, uh, you know, I, I think that we've, we've been around this uh, for quite a while. My experience, uh, you know, I've been in the beach for eight years as an owner operator. So I see it from both sides. You know, I see that you have to get the product on the shelf. You have to get it on quickly. You have to comply um, and you have to make it cool looking. You have to, you still have to make it desirable for the consumer and you have to make it affordable. You can't just say we're going to be all sustainable and, and your product is twice uh, as much as something that's not, people won't buy it. You know, we see 10, 10 to 20% increase is really what companies can do, you know, to pass on the consumer. But then again, it does come back to education and we do a lot of that ourselves. So we work with companies on the full life cycle and really work with them to say, okay, it's not going to be tomorrow and it may not be next year, but within five years, if you can completely change your business model to reduce waste and, and be transparent with what you're trying to do, that's going to help you in the long run with not only consumers, but it's going to be good for your business. We've got about a minute before the uh, next break. Where can people check out and, and maybe purchase your products? Um, so what you, what you can do is we, we, on our website, treadglobal.com, you can go to our products page and we've got a digital brochure there. You can look at all the stuff we're working on. Uh, we've got a lot of prototypes on there and you can buy directly from us or there are, there are numerous uh, distributors throughout the United States and Canada that carry our products. Great stuff. Uh, we're going to take another break and, uh, come right back for our final questions for Benjamin Ray. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry plant profits only on cannabisradio.com hey take a look at this they're selling smart pots <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart where is it 
Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Cannabis Radio for our final questions for Benjamin Ray. Uh, ben, uh, we've got a couple minutes left. Is there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't covered yet? You know what I would I would like to say is that you know if you're a consumer and you're looking for ways that you can help, is when you go into a dispensary, look around. You know, talk to the bud tenders, uh, talk to people around, and see if they know which packages are not or sustainable. Um, you know, and talk talk to the bud tenders about different brands. Maybe look at some different packaging. Are they made out of glass? Are they made out of tin? Or is it just plastic? And just start to increase uh, awareness about actually what's out there. And that's really what I would like consumers to do is, is just start having these conversations and be much more aware of what things are made out of so that it isn't just plastic that you throw away. Um, that's my recommendation. And then if you work in, inside of a company, you know, maybe you hold some, uh, some internal meetings about how can you be greener, more sustainable? How can you reduce waste in general? And I think that's going to be good for the industry as a whole as we move forward. Yeah, I've been going into uh, rec stores and, and asking for the products that come in these kind of slidable telescopic uh, cardboard dupe tubes lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, just I've just been basically not buying anything that's in uh, uh, single-use plastics. And there are alternatives available. Uh, so, you know, Ben, what you're doing is so great. I just really an important component, a critical component to the evolution, uh, the natural evolution of the cannabis uh, industry movement uh, as it becomes legitimized. Um, I think you're doing great work and thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, great, great questions. Uh, happy, happy to talk to you anytime. Keep doing what you're doing right, as well. That's the, thank, thank you, you. sir. Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature of present on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week and here it is. I prefer someone who burns the flag and then wraps themselves up in the Constitution over someone who burns the Constitution and wraps themselves up in the flag. And those are the words of the late newspaper colonist Molly Ivins. That concludes this installment of Hemperson on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice. As we silence the violence increased in the cannabis community with impunity, when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. The Hemp Present theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro, because I'm out. Marijuana! Sweet 
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.